Hello, you are listening to Underscore, a show by the Chicago Graphic Design Club. I am your host, Christian Solorzano. Today's episode is a special one because I speak with Tyler English, founder of Ulterior Press, and our first guest that is a letterpress designer. In this digital age of screens, software, Figma, user experiences, and the obsession with pixel perfection, it is inspiring to hear from Tyler about his letterpress practice and the ways in which he meticulously works with typography, ink, and paper to create work that is rooted in the ways in which graphic design was once done. I resonate with Tyler's description of the creative process despite sometimes being tedious and frustrating, also being capable of leading us towards creative insight and surprise. We discuss the hard to describe feeling of making things with your hands as opposed to on the computer and the familiarity and freedom that comes from working within the limitations of a particular medium, whether it's letterpress, music, or writing. I hope this conversation inspires you to step away from the computer and to go make something. And as always, thank you so much for your support and enjoy this conversation. Hey there, Tyler. How's it going? Good. How about you? Good. How is the summer treating you? Uh, it's very fickle, very hot, very uh, cold, you know. Yeah. It's been a weird one. It's always like a, a lot of extremes in Chicago. Like there's never like an in-between. And I think this this year, in part, this summer in particular, we had the the smoky, like the smoky skies and then yeah. also all the heat advisories and it almost gives you the feeling like something bad is happening, but you know. Um, but thank you so much for being on our show. I so you and I we we cross paths in 2022 or 2021 now. I can't remember the year, but you yeah. came to our printers row event that we did with Jackson here in Chicago. And uh, and that was very delightful. And I remember after that, I followed you on Instagram and I discovered your your letterpress studio, Ulterior Press. Yeah. And I've sort of been been on the lookout of like, you know, looking at all the things that you've been working on. So. So, yeah, really cool. Thank you. So. So I want to start our conversation here by asking you. I want to I want to spend some time talking about letterpress because I think today we in, in the world of graphic design a lot of the conversation is focused on AI and technology new technologies and I just love that you're sort of like still working in this in this uh in in just this like old technology um method that is beautiful and it's something that's timeless and it's something that, you know, I think a lot of graphic designers really appreciate. So, so what about, so just walk us through what, what is it about letterpress that, that you love? Why, why letterpress? Why not just open up an InDesign file and, and type? <laughs> yeah. um, well, it's interesting because I, I found letterpress when I was in school, college and, um, it was my the beginning of my sophomore year, and like I had been doing, I'd been taking the design classes. That's partially what I came there to do. Originally, I was planning on um, doing comic book illustration and sort of subsidizing myself with graphic design work. So there was never really, I hadn't quite found the reason why I liked graphic design. Really, it was just that like I know the programs, I know how to export and. CMYK versus RGB it was just sort of something to do but then uh, my sophomore year I went and took the letterpress class and immediately like I, I went up there to look in the studio before I signed up just to see what it was all about and immediately just the the first thing that really drew me to letterpress was the physicality of it um, not just you know, you're working with your hands significantly more than any other kind of design technique, really. Um, but just the physicality of the machines and the type and everything, everything was made in a time when things were built to last and it wasn't about whittling it down to its most necessary parts and putting it in 
sort of a encased plastic enclosure for uh you know design sake yeah uh, like my my press it's a chandler and price press from uh i don't have an exact date it's around 1910 is when it's from uh it's nicknamed a clamshell press because when it moves it opens and closes like a clam mouth kind of but when it's going it looks like like a metallic like pulsing heart or organism and it just it, when you put that next to like a laser printer it's just interesting to see how that has all completely changed um i also i was a big lego kid as a fan uh when i was a kid so like it really scratches that itch in that regard. I feel like I'm playing with blocks again a lot of the time. And uh, I'm a visual thinker. So it really, it just works better for me in that way. So what were some of the first things that you were letter pressing? What, what was it? The, the very first thing we had to do, like in class, we had to just pick a typeface and just set our name just so that we could, you know, and just doing one word, you're, you realize, okay, this is going to be, uh, an interesting class with uh, a lot of time consuming uh, factors but it ended up being like I ended up taking the class three times because I didn't think I would ever have the opportunity again and I just liked it so much mm -hmm. but yeah that was the studio I was happy to spend many hours in yeah and I love that so I love that you're speaking about the physicality of of letterpress because I, I've I've experienced letterpress making uh, in the past, and there's something about um, there, there there's just like a very deliberate act of like being very in the moment with what it is that you're making, and there's really no I mean there's room for error and mistake, but I think prior to that like you really have to be intentional about about what it is that you're you know that you're creating so. I feel like letterpress is so counterintuitive to how we operate today of like just speed and productivity and all of these other things. So, um, so yeah, it, it's, it's nice to know that there's not just you, but that there's a lot of actual like other people that are also into letterpress. Yeah. That's another great thing about it. It's uh, a really great sense of community, not just in Chicago, but like all over, uh, that's another one of the things I like about it, the sense of history that comes with, you know, every object in my studio has a story uh, of where it came from, but then also the story of how I got it. And so that it just imbues everything with a little bit more, uh, you know, sense of presence. So walk us through your, um, I guess, your collection or like what what letterpress, what what do you what do you have? And and walk us through maybe some of your more most like prized possessions i have started to be comfortable calling it a studio even though it still technically is my dad's garage but it's becoming less and less his garage and more and more my studio as i get larger and larger things uh it started with my old professor just emailed me out of the blue after i had graduated that someone was giving away a press so i i just hopped on that opportunity uh Shout out to Stacy Stern and Sterical Press. She's in Chicago. I actually worked for her a little bit before I got the press out of there. But um, yeah, moving that, I got that in there. Uh, then I bought my first case of type. Then I needed something to put all the type in. So then I got my first set of drawers. Um, then came the second set of drawers. Then came a gu uh, old guillotine paper cutter, 36 inch bed that I got for $1 off of a guy from an online forum. And uh, it's just, it's continued to spread. I love that. And is there, do you have like a holy grail of like something that you really want to have one day? Um, It would be like, because right now how I've been going about getting type is like random auctions here or any referrals I get there. And just, it, it has sort of, cultivated to like my design sensibilities but it wouldn't be nice to just have uh one typeface and all the different weights and things like that and a couple different point sizes just so that you could always have that in your repertoire rather than oh well i just ran out of my last e for this i'm gonna have to shift to a different typeface now speak to us a little bit about your so before letterpress and maybe before before graphic design like what 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 were your interests as a kid you mentioned legos but have you always sort of had that 
that craving for like getting your hands on 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 making things yeah um i was i was definitely for lack of a better word an artsy kid i used to like um make uh frankensteins out of like scotch tape and toilet paper rolls and like coloring pencils and i went as far as uh jamming a fork in an electric socket thinking that it would uh, <laughs> electrocute him to life at one point uh, um, but yeah it's i love legos i love being able to uh, create things from that. Uh, I was big into superheroes, so I got into comic books at a pretty young age, and that was pretty much my introduction to uh, any sense of like graphic language or storytelling or anything like that, because I think there are a lot of very similar principles between the two of them, and slowly I started to realize that, you know, what would draw me to the cover of a book or anything like that was you know, very purposeful in the form of design. Yeah. Connect with that. And then in 2018, you graduate from SAIC here in Chicago and, and you got a BFA in design and visual communications, but what, what maybe, what were you exploring at, while you were at, at SAIC? What were those themes or mediums? What was that like? Yeah, they, they try and set you up to, have it be pretty interdisciplinary and they want you to explore. So uh, I tried a lot of stuff there, but mainly the things I focused on, I took some film classes, uh, mainly visual communication design classes. Uh, a lot of type and motion is something I always like to have in my back pocket, uh, pretty basic stuff. But I, I always, I think if you can lend motion to design it, it just gives it a whole nother thing. Um, uh, also, I also did some comic book classes there, some illustration, figure drawing. Um, yeah, I definitely I gravitate towards the pencil to paper. So, and and today you're a, a graphic designer, and you've been doing well. You've you've been a graphic designer like multiple places, but most recently you're at Pathfinders Advertising. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a little mid-sized agency in Indiana. It's it's cool. Yeah. And and do you get the opportunity to bring uh some of your passion for letterpress into maybe some of your, you know, professional work that you get paid for? How does that? Does um it... not not as of yet. There is talk of me maybe getting to do the company Christmas card or something like that, which would be interesting. You know, I I'll never turn down a corporate gig. I mean, come on, that's what graphic <laughs> design's built on. So, 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 at what point do you do you, did because you have ulterior press, but like, at what point did you did you sort of like come up with a name and say like this is it's no longer? I mean, it's still it's still your thing, but I think yeah. there's a difference between just calling it Tyler as opposed to having it be a name. Yeah, that was a kind of pretty conscious effort on my part when I. When I first got the press, um, uh, that's when I was like, I I don't want to be the letterpress guy because like the last couple of years of uh, at school, that's was my reputation, which you know I'm I'm honored to be that guy, <laughs> but it's it's not really a selling point uh, too often. Um, it's it's a nice thing to have, and but you know there's not a lot of commercial letterpress work. And I, so I don't, I like being sort of multidisciplinary. I like maintaining all those things and they all feed back into each other for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like 2019, I decided like, let's give it a name. I'll, you know, do some fun branding and stuff and just make it an exercise in that regard. I, I can take it seriously, but not necessarily have to take myself too seriously. Yeah, yeah, and and what I really like about Ulterior Press, like I'm 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 looking at the websites, and I and I love that the majority of the projects that you do, they are they're self initiated, and they're projects that you sort of yeah that you have an idea, and then you then you create, um, which is like a common theme. Like I I tend to always point that out with some of our guests that have those you know those passions. Um, but I, I I really like the the fact that you're creating you're creating these artist books, and they all focus around like a, a they are they're all centered around an idea. But what really I mean, one of my 
one of your projects that stood out to me was your your artist book, My Mother's Life, mm. and the way that you were able to incorporate something personal, um, like your mother's poems into this book, but then also combining your love for for letterpress. So how do you how do you go about initiating a a project and sort of like for example, like when we're designing something digital, like we have all of these tools on the computer and we're able to sort of, if we want to come up with mood boards and like a style and like reference all of these things. Whereas with letterpress, I think because you're working with materials, you might be a little bit more limited about like maybe what it is that you could produce. It's It tends to be just sort of a most of my ideas come from a kernel that I can't in the back of my head that I can't quite shake and eventually it develops. And I usually start with just a lot of writing. I'll write down random thoughts and ideas. Uh, and if it's about a subject, I like to do some research, um, you know, find little obscure things that I can latch onto and sort of snowball from there. Um, but yeah, with letterpress, it, it has definitely taught me to be, uh, significantly more considerate in my choices because um, you you have not felt aggravation until you've had to re-rag a six-point paragraph by hand. So but, um, even long before I'm setting stuff, I kind of have to have a pretty good visual sense, either in my mind or, ske or sketches of what do I want to achieve with it. And a lot of the times that just gets completely thrown out the window when, you know, uh, rubber meets the road. And sometimes uh, that can, uh, it can be interesting what the limitations can do. And sometimes it can uh, aggravate you and spur you into finding something new. And um, that's one of the things I most enjoy about it. Like, my press is not made for anything larger than like eight and a half by 11 sheets. Mm -hmm. And it's primarily just for uh, job printing, little booklets, pamphlets, and things like, like that. So a lot of the time it's, uh, it's a fight between me and the machine of like, who's going to be beaten into submission first? Like, am I going to get this to look the way I want it to? Or is it just going to say, no, there's no way this is going to happen. And uh, sometimes it's messy getting there and sometimes you uh, throw your hands up and you go, well, okay, well, this other way was pretty cool and we'll save you an hour. So. Yeah. It almost sounds like a, like there's a lot of like life lessons there, a lot of philosophy and <laughs> in the art of the letterpress. It's definitely had to increase my patience. That's for sure. I mean, I feel like that's a project in itself, like a book on like life lessons from the, from the machine. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of poems about the ups and downs. Yeah. ground into the dirt. Yes, exactly. So, so tell us a little bit more about, um, like some of your, some of the projects that you, that you've worked on, um, I see that you that you have books um and you also have posters and you created a an album and walk us through that because I I I don't want to read the description. I want you to <laughs> explain what that was like. Uh I'm still trying to explain <laughs> what that was exactly. Uh basic thrust, I consider it an artist's book, I guess, but it is still technically a record for lack of a better word. Um, the basic thrust of that was like one of my main inspirations in my work is music. Like a lot of my posters and stuff, I take a lyric from a band or something like that that I like and I try and express it visually. Um, but this project was like I could do every aspect of the production of an album except make the actual music. Uh, so I got a bunch of blank, uh, un nothing put in them vinyl records um i got some die cutting for label making i printed uh, um i wrote a bunch of lyrics for songs that don't have any uh melodies or anything like that i printed up lyric sheets i made the whole album and i put it together and uh and you can play the record it's just white noise uh forever <laughs> um but that was an interesting that was a fun that was a fun one to do just to be like yeah, you know, 
get to cheekily say, yeah, I made an album. You can't really hear any of it though, but yeah. Was, uh, and then I, I got to put that in a show, which was cool too. Yeah. I love that. And, and, um, and in regards to, um, like I'm, I won't, I, I don't know too much about this, but can you speak a little bit about like within the, the realm of letterpress, is there, is there new technology? Are there new things happening and, and just, the machinery and and all that or yeah i'm it's that's one of the things i admire most about the community is just the ingenuity like pretty much all across the planet because it is they are finite resources but finding but seeing people find new ways of like 3d printing type or casting stuff out of resin or a lot of people do cool stuff with cnc machines um i just found a pretty cheap and easy way to uh cut figures and drawings out of duct tape on a type high block so that I can print with that and like I don't have to pay like a hundred bucks a plate or whatever to have someone create that for me and then print with it um mm -hmm. you know it's that old necessity breeds invention and at all do do you with with your letterpress work do you at all feel because I know that this comes up often for for many designers is that they feel they might feel a little bit threatened by like new technologies and like just the fact that um yeah that there's there's tools nowadays that just make things so quick and almost like anyone could now call themselves a a graphic designer because of these tools. But I think with letterpress, there's a little bit more protection because you have to be like a kind of engineer to to know how to to do it you know yeah i mean i have that you know similar knee-jerk reaction that everybody has when they first think about those things but i i was uh reading an old print trade journal uh you know as you do from like the late 1800s and they were uh they were writing about uh automation and like the you know the linotype on the horizon and that was that was a trade job. Somebody's typesetting paragraphs is now going to be done by a big machine. And they even accompanied the article with this illustration of like a steampunk robot standing at the type drawer setting type like that. They, that's how early and long ago that we've all been worried about uh, automation and uh, AI and these types of things coming for design jobs, which I think part of it is natural, but I think also part of it it's just going to end up being another tool drowned in the back of uh, Photoshop that Adobe keeps updating over. So the exciting part, at least for me, is that it'll it'll afford us like, you know, designers, the ability to sort of have to become better storytellers and just better communicators. And and I think the thing about letterpress that I notice is that when you're when you're typesetting a word or a paragraph, like you have to be really intimate with what it is that you're typesetting. So you almost have to get yourself really familiar with, with the language, with the words, with the symbols, with the imagery. Yeah, it's definitely, it's made me realize and appreciate the characteristics of uh, type design and how much can you, how far can you push Cooper Black and all those kinds of things to see what you can get out of it when you only have 10 or so options at your disposal. Um, but yeah, it's nothing will make you second guess your choice in words on something you've written, like <laughs> setting it by hand, like I'll be rewriting myself up until the point of setting the words in the paragraph. And uh, sometimes even after I've printed it, it's, it, that's one of the things that once I was taking the class and once I got more into um, doing it, it just, it's, it's, it really makes you focus in on stuff and be a little bit more considerate. And uh, it's helped me stand by my design decisions a lot more too. Whereas before I might just been kind of like, uh, I don't know, I was ripping off a textbook or whatever. Now it's like, no, I'm physically doing this. I put that there. I have to stand by that. Yeah. And do you have a favorite word? Favorite word? Oof. Um. That's tough. Like to set? Yeah, uh, to set. Like just what, what's a word that you really like what it looks like? <laughs> what's a good looking word? 
Um, I like a nice big all caps the. Okay. That's always comes out nice. It's also because anything with figures and stuff hanging off that, you know, that's a physical little piece of something that threatens to break off. <laughs> a nice big the, nothing dangerous there. That's capital yeah. letter friend. Yeah. So, so in addition to, to letterpress, um, what are your other, what are your other interests? Like you do, you, I, I see that you've done, you've done advertising in the past. You've worked at a gallery. Um, you've been like a production designer. Like you sort of had had like your hands in a lot of different things for the past, you know, few years now. So what's something else that, um, that sort of informs your letterpress, uh making uh, you talked a little bit about music about just making things with your hand but where do you where do you go for inspiration um i think there, there's a lot of inspiration uh from fellow letterpress people but a lot of the time my inspiration comes from um sort of trendy digital work uh because you know, uh, I guess I do have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder when it comes to like uh, letterpress versus what you can do on a computer. And uh, sometimes I like to see something that somebody's worked on is like, you know, okay, well, what would be my possible version of that with the equipment I have? Or how can I assimilate these modern trends? Like um, I've started sending out ever, ever since I got the press, I would send out a New Year's card every year. And each year, I try and do sort of a different, I try and do sort of a different design look um, to focus on every year. Uh, and sometimes maybe in the back of my mind, I'm mocking it. Sometimes I'm uh, trying to actually uh, do that, but that that's a good place for inspiration. And also just the the challenging nature of it in general of just seeing what I can do with it and uh you know I sometimes I just you know you get the creative itch of like I I have to be I have to have something cooking in the background at least otherwise I feel like I'm not doing anything a big thing in letterpress work is like the the intentionality and everything we've talked about but like and like fine press work as they call it which I admire and I can do when I need to, but I also try and be less precious about it. I sort of, I want the process to reveal things and um, it's incredible what people can do working on one book for like two or three years, but I, I can't imagine ever doing that. Like the longest I've ever taken on a book is like eight months. Uh, and that was, and that was one just cause I really wanted to just like labor over and get everything right. And, uh, I decided to do page numbers like a fool, which when you're printing physically is a, a headache. But in the end, I think it was worth it uh, being able to flip through and see all the numbers go in the correct order. So so at the moment, like, well, how many do you, do you typically just have one project going on at a time or how does like how does your process work? I usually I like to sort of gestate on a book uh, in the background. But in the meantime, I like to um, come up with a poster or something or like card or whatever just to keep myself busy and uh stay you know relevant to whatever algorithms control me and stuff like that but the um yeah the the book is where I can just sort of I can relax or force myself to relax on it a little bit and think about it more consciously and uh because the the letterpress class I took was all about it was book works, it was book binding and all of that stuff, and you you have to think about every step in the process, and uh, that I like to take more time on. And 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 you mentioned music, and and for me, like mu music tends to really influence whether it's intentionally or unintentionally a lot of a lot of what I do because I grew up listening to it and it's just always in the back of my mind. So what other, what other art forms are you into? Like, I know you mentioned like music, like music making is not something that you particularly do, but what other avenues of expression or things are, are, are you drawn to? Um, I like, uh, I'm, I still keep up with like illustration and drawing. I still do, 
still life from time to time or I'll go out and just sit somewhere and draw some stuff or um, sketch whatever weird thing comes to my mind. Um, uh, I guess I, in another life, I would have liked to think that I would have been like a mediocre filmmaker. Because uh, that, like I made a lot of, I made a few student films too and I, I really enjoyed doing that. The like uh, composing a scene and everything like that, it's the same principles of design, like through painting and everything like that too. And comic books, I did, I, I wrote and drew a lot of my own when I was a kid and um, yeah, it's, and that's one of, to me, one of the most purest forms of storytelling is comic books because you really, when it's done right, it's, you know, the, the exact cross between image and uh, word. So what were your comic books about? They, you know, they were either a Batman ripoff or a Superman ripoff at the time, but I sold them in a local store. And if I sold one, they would give me a discount. So so for someone that maybe doesn't, how, like, how how would you suggest or how do you, what, what, what advice would you give to someone that maybe is interested in, in giving letterpress a try? Like, how do you get started? I, I think because it requires like a machine for some, it might seem like there's a, there's sort of like a barrier of entry there. Cause it's not, you can't just do it at your house. So I think um, if you're in school, a lot of universities have that type of stuff, but um, uh, there, there is a lot of, there's pockets of it in uh, big cities and communities. I know there's a couple places in Chicago, uh, I believe Sputnik, they've got a lot of letterpress stuff. Um, I think Lily Street Art Center, they do some letterpress things. Um, but there are some, there's some really interesting stuff going on online of, um, uh, there's one I, that the other one I'm blanking on the name of, but the other one is called Provisional Press. And this guy, he designed a small proof press that he just cut out and 3D printed all the parts and he can send you the kit or send it to you assembled. And it's just a very, it's like made out of PVC and plywood and stuff. Uh, that's a really cool uh, little proof press to just get you into like basic relief printing. Uh, I think he or someone else is actually just, they've just put the files up online. So even you could go to your public library and technically buy these materials for 40 bucks and cut it all out on uh, a library CNC machine and you're ready to start printing. But yeah, it is, I think relief printmaking in general, I feel like may start there. And then if you're really interested in the type, see if it's in your area and try and find your community. It's usually very welcoming people too, which is a nice side of it. I want to give a shout out to Starshape Press. We did a, we did a tour with them a while back. And I think, yeah, it was like a neat way for people to sort of get introduced to letterpress for the first time yeah and she just she has an insane space like yeah doing type drawers and stuff it's just great and why why do you think there's because i'm assuming you feel this but like there there's something very special about making with your hands that i think you can't really you can't really like reproduce on a computer, whether it's like drawing or or what you do. Um, what what's what's sort of your take on on that? Part of it is, I, I just I, I learn and think better that way. But then the other part of it is, you you actually you feel you are physically doing something, so you feel like you're getting something done. Even if I have try I've been trying to print this one thing all day, and I don't actually get it printed. I I spent the day doing something like my body doesn't feel great. It's on my feet all day. Um, and they're like, you know, if, if I, if I drop my letter T and it lands the wrong way, it changes the way that letter T is going to look for the rest of its existence and time I use it. So there's, and uh, there's just a little bit more, um, little bit more presence to it like that's how I've always described uh seeing the, le the word letterpress printed on papers it just you know there's no pixelation or anything you, it's it's the word in its purest form and um 
between it's exactly what the type designer intended because some human being actually had to carve and do those drawings and etch that into a plate and yeah because i i teach i teach graphic design and and something that i always try to encourage my students is to sort of look at things like very carefully and just be an observer and sort of analyze the details of how things are made whether it's looking at the facade of a building or or how something that you have is made whether it's like a pen or a table or a spoon and i think that that in itself is such a great exercise of of just engagement with the world and like feeling like you're participating in that there's like this conversation between you and everything else because I, I i do think some with, with some things like with, with some media sometimes often it just feels so disposable and like just like there's there's really no i don't know like i don't want to use the word appreciation but there's there's something about making things with your hand that i think is, is just hard to put words to i think yeah, when you're sitting on the computer and literally any possible option or solution is open to you, it's kind of yeah. like, where's the fun in that? I th and I think curiosity and creativity go pretty hand in hand uh, in that regards. So a lot of the times what, what does spur me on is, well, how did they do that? Or how could I do that? Or what's yeah. behind so so what so so tell us like where where are you from where'd you where do you where'd you grow up what's your relationship to chicago uh i grew up in the chicagoland area like uh out past like the northwest suburbs in a town called wakanda not uh not where black panther is from it's a <laughs> different spelling um but yeah I, chicago was always like ooh, the big city be careful when you go there like before I went off to, before I moved here for school, um, I had never actually gone here by myself. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was, it was a bit of a change up, but now it's, uh, you know, I, I get, I get teased a lot because I think it's, you know, the greatest city uh, yeah. on the earth. And a lot of people will, uh, you know, shrug or raise their eyebrows at that, but I just, I like the people, I like the feeling of it, I like the sense of history, um, just in the city alone, but also just its roots with printing and everything, and especially uh, on that print walk we met at, it was, it was very cool to just imagine all of that and that time, there's, there's part of me that uh, feels like I would have been happy just being like a trade union guy back then, just working <laughs> my pipesetting job until I croaked so and and today you're in Hyde Park and and you've been in Hyde Park for seven years I think you you mentioned uh about that yeah I moved here about halfway through school and uh I guess I have not been able to leave it's just uh, it's a beautiful neighborhood with your uh letterpress studio do you plan on expanding or do you, what are sort of your plans right now I think it's it's probably just going to continue to be uh, sort of my little creative outlet. Once in a while, I get jobs or commissions or, and stuff, but um, it's pretty rare because also everything I do is like traditional handset. I don't have any plate making technology or anything like that, so I can't do um, you know big curly wedding invites and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, but I I have done a few weddings, which was interesting to see how I could do how I could take my old type and uh, try and do something that not necessarily uh, like I haven't done a ton of. Uh, I did, I did, I worked in a letterpress um, business, sterical press for a little while. Uh, I was a studio assistant. I would do some designing there and like all, all that work is great. And it's great that it's found a second life doing that, but I, right now I can't imagine because when you're doing that you have to be a, a business owner on top of everything else and you're handling clients and everything and right now I like that it's just sort of my creative arm that I have complete control over and can do whatever I want maybe one day I I have notions of maybe like folding it into like a bigger studio and stuff with some other people and it's just like a thing I offer but mm -hmm. right now sort of just my little passion practice yeah I think some sometimes when you 
when you put those expectations onto something that you love to do, like it sort of sucks the the joy out of it, <laughs> especially especially when you get money involved. I feel like it just everything changes. <laughs> now you got to measure things and worry about not design. <laughs> Keeping it as uh, simple as possible. I, I do pretty small runs and I try and be pretty conscientious about how much materials and things like that I'm taking up. I try and leave a pretty small footprint. And So why, why the name? What would tell us the meaning of, of ulterior press? Um, it's it, in my mind, it's sort of like, um, part, part of letterpress is a lot of people don't get how much work goes into it until you tell them. Um, but also, part of me feels like well the work should just stand on its own I shouldn't really have to do that so there's there's a lot of things in the background that uh, I'm not quite telling you or you're not quite knowing um, and it's it's also just a, a chance for me to sort of be uh, a little bit of a, a smart ass in that regard um, uh, but yeah I think it and I also just wanted uh, something to really distinguish it from myself and also uh, have sort of a very much more modern sensibility than maybe some letterpress studios or what the equipment would expect you to do, sort of old timey look and feel. Because I, I re- reading through reading through the uh, the bio on on the website, it says, Ulterior press is in your ordinary hobby shop or print studio. You want to be a little different than expected, and you know explanations are tedious. Traditional letterpress printing is a unique handcrafted process and is perfect for keeping some of the how and why to yourself. And I and I certainly agree that sometimes those explanations are a little too much. And you know, I'm I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where if somebody doesn't get it, I don't you know, have to work with them. Or yeah, yeah. It's very, uh, It's it's got to be two people who want to do it this way. Yeah. It's really the only way I can do it. Yeah, we had, we, uh, we had a previous guest, um, a studio called Francis, and, and they were speaking about how um, one of the things that they often do is that when they, when they take on a client, sometimes they won't even like accept any money up front because they want to be able to sort of like sever that relationship at any point without having to any feelings being hurt, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, that does make sense. I wish I could uh, have better boundaries like that. But so, so it seems like you're you have these two practices. Like you have both like your your day job, and then you also have like this side passion. And we've been talking a lot about just like Chicago and sort of your relation relationship to Chicago and. And I think one of the well, one of the questions that I like to ask our guests often is um, specifically as it relates to the meaning of like community, because like the Chicago Graphic Design Club, like that's sort of our objective is to to be that space for people to convene and to share interests. Um, but like for you, how do you how do you define community? What is what does community mean to you? I guess in the end, community is just a lot of people with uh, similar passions or similar thoughts to you about um, a thing, whether it's creativity or a way of life or whatever. But letterpress, uh, there's there's just so many there's so many interesting characters and people and a lot of really interesting work being done, and um, I think it it draws people in who are either, you know, are a little bit more, are nicer and a little bit more patient and understanding of things. Uh, And I try to live up to that, but, um, you know, whether it's trading secrets or trading posters or just admiring somebody's technique, I think those, those things can really bind you together. And, um, you know, I've, I've traded prints with a guy in the Netherlands. I, I never thought I would ever have any reason to be mailing someone in the Netherlands. And what, and right now like at the moment, what is your favorite 
uh, tight face to work with. Ooh, um, there's this one that I've been trying to track down more of. There's a couple of digital versions of it, but none of them quite look like the ones I have. It's called Venus. Okay. It's it's kind of it came out of like Futura and Helvetica and those sort of sand serifs that were popular at the time, but it just had some very weird uh, quirks to it that I just really like. And the first one I got was this extended bold uh, typeface. And so I've just been trying to find uh, other sets of it ever since. So you said you, you do commissions, right? What's a typical project brief that like you'll receive or, or what do people usually ask from letterpress designer it's usually it's usually pretty collaborative which i like about it as well they um some of the few wedding ones i've done they have um a few of them were for friends who just trusted me and said you know here's our wedding colors and come up with something like that uh so i get to do like something like that or i've had people come to me with like uh like i have this idea or whatever or like uh, this one sentence could we like build that into a poster or whatever and uh, I, I'll do like a digital I'll do digital mock-ups and stuff and we'll I'll throw those back and forth and to try and best represent what it could look like um, but a lot of the times you you have to find it in the moment and ideally um, it's nice to get people in the studio with me so that they can see and they can actually move the stuff around and they can see the ink being mixed and um it 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 has that much more sense of collaboration and kinship because he like i've I've even done it with people who aren't in the remotely in the design field but they just it's just fun to get to do something like that yeah i love that you mentioned kinship such a good word to describe that dance between perhaps like a designer and a, and a non-designer. And I think I can't even imagine what it must be for someone that maybe isn't, it's their first time seeing something get made on a letterpress. And and what's, what's your, what's your ideal working space? So you said that like your, all your equipment is at your father's garage, right? What's the vibe? What do you, what do you, how do you, how do you work? Um, we, we try to have a pretty chill vibe here at Ulterior Press. Um, just me but um uh yeah i i've i've out of necessity i've had to make my studio space sort of modular so i have a lot of moving carts and tabletop like that so that i can expand and contract as my dad does his yard work around me and stuff like that um but i've in the last uh year or so i've been putting more of uh uh an emphasis on like or a con conscientiously trying to place things and figure out how I want the space to move. And now I think I finally got it to a decent area of like, you know, ink station, setting station and things like that. Here's where I get to just sit and doodle and here's where the prints are going to dry. And um, so we're just being in that space generally, even if I don't even have anything to print that day, it just, it, it gets my brain pumping a little bit more. Um, yeah, just being in that space. And uh, I mean, it helps with composing and designing in general before I've locked anything up, just moving the things physically around. I'll actually, I'll take a piece of the paper, the size of what it'll be, and I'll put it on there and just see how it, see how it feels really. Are you, are you working in the daytime, nighttime? Daytime's good. Uh, I've done nighttime, but during the summer, the bugs are really attracted to the lights. So that can get like, you know, it's very tough to get a fly out of your rollers. Uh, um, yeah, but like a good fall day, that's like the ideal printing time. Cause I've also been in um, like, I've tried to print in like single degree temperature outside, just like a little box heater in the garage. And um, it makes you second guess a lot of choices. Do you ever have people over like your is your father is that back in Wakanda or is that Hyde Park no that yeah that's back in Wakanda I did and um some of my friends from school who I took the class with or they were just other designer friends um every year or so we try and get out there and I'll host like a 
a little event that uh, we started to call the type and toke because we would typeset and print things and also take part in uh, other sub and other substance. Um, so that became sort of a nice uh, reunion ritual for us. Uh, my mom's a teacher, so once in a while she'll bring out, uh, she's brought out a class. And so I get to show a bunch of little kids how it works and scare them with the big insane machine and show them how stuff's made. So if anyone wants to to reach out or or commission you for something, like what's the best way for for someone to find you? Uh, yeah, you can, on Instagram, I'm at Ulterior Press. You can message me there or uh, through the website, uh, hey at ulteriorpress.com. Uh, next month, I'll be at the Chicago Printers Guild Publishers Fair. Uh, I'll be hawking my wares there if you want to come say hi. Um, yeah. We're almost at time, but I just want to ask one more thing. And it's just like, what are you listening to? What are you watching? Um, a recent one that I, I just did a little print of them is this Australian band uh, called the Go-Betweens. They were in like the late 70s, early 80s. They were basically Australia's Smiths, kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, they got overshadowed in that period, but they just, I think they have a lot of really interesting music. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I also make a lot of like ulterior mixes and things I listen to in the studio and so uh, I don't know if anyone has actually ever clicked on those, but they're out there if you want to listen to some some tunes. For the people that are listening, like please check out uh, all of Tyler's content. I really love your 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 website. Did you code that yourself? Uh, this will probably make anyone who knows web design scream, but I still use Adobe Muse, which was this program that they just discontinued a couple of years ago. I'm sure the code would drive anybody nuts, but uh, I made it. <laughs> Program. Well, thank you so much for being on our show and um and for sharing your story. I hope we could uh continue to connect because I think that we love what you're doing and um it'd be cool if there there could be some future collaboration. Yeah, thanks. It was uh very cool to be interviewed. It was my yeah. My I hope my sweaty neediness came across the uh, <laughs> listenership. No, it was great. So yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. What a great conversation that was, as usual. Thank you so much for sticking around until the end. We really appreciate your support. And if you want to learn more about what we do, follow us on Instagram at Chicago Graphic Design Club or subscribe to our newsletter, which you could find on our website, www.chicagographicdesign.club. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon.